This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Welcome to another LinkedIn Live with yours truly, Mr. Productivity, also known as Mark Stucheski. There's my website, mrproductivity.com. You go there, you get my top five productivity tips, find out about my coaching, my podcast, and so much more. But enough about me. I have a very awesome guest on the show, but I'm going to be honest, I have always awesome guests on my show. There's never been one guest on my show that disappoint. Not to put any pressure on Amanda at all, <laughs> but uh bar's kind of high there. Dr. Amanda Barentes. I say the name right? Barentes. Oh, no. I tried. It's a so hard, hard one. It's I, why I just put Dr. Amanda on there, you know? <laughs> okay. So who are you and what do you do? Hi, I'm Dr. Amanda Barrientes, and my company is NFA Coaching, which stands for Neuro Freedom Alignment. And I love to work with entrepreneurs, helping them. I'd say the thing I do the most is help entrepreneurs get out of their own way by understanding the unconscious belief systems that are holding them back. So I call them competing commitments. So we all have competing commitments that keep us stuck from getting where we want to go. So we'll say one thing, but we'll do another. Procrastination is a really simple example of this. So if you want to be productive, as Mr. Productivity talks about, you got to understand what's holding you back in your driver system. And 95% of you is run by your unconscious. So that's what gets you stuck. So I'd love to help people work with money, mindset, manifestation, habits, all of those things that get them aligned to build businesses that they love and take it to whatever level they want to take it to. I love that. And if you're joining us, please, in the comments, let us know where you're tuning in from. And most importantly, if you can hear and see us, that's really important. So I love how you talked about doing what you love to do. Um, I'm 55 years young and for about 50 years of my life, I did not like what I wanted to do. Now I wake up seven days a week on fire for what the day is going to put in store. And I, I wish everyone experienced this. Unfortunately, I know a lot of people don't. They There's a commercial back, I think, in the 90s of Dunkin' Donuts, and the guy says, time to make the donuts. Do you remember that commercial? <laughs> yeah, totally. Okay. We don't want you to have that kind of mindset. Oh, time to make donuts, time to go to work. We want you to be excited. And I love what I do. Every podcast interview, every LinkedIn Live, everybody I meet, I just want to help as many people. But a lot of people don't have that experience like you and I have. A lot of people wake up and they, they go to work because they got to pay the mortgage. They got to pay the rent. They got to pay the car payment, but they hate what they're doing. And my my belief is if you're not doing what you love to do, where you love to do it, you'll never be the most productive version of yourself. So what say you? Absolutely. I 100% agree. I think about it as uh, I do values determination with people. So it's exactly what you're talking about. If you're getting up every day doing what you hate, it's almost like you're just waiting to die. You're like, yeah. oh, when will this end? Because I can't stand what I'm doing. And when you live an inspired life and, and you have your business that you love, it's because you're doing the things that are in your zone of genius that you are aligned with and that you feel like bring you joy every day. And then you get to have that success that comes your way because you're doing the things that you enjoy doing. It's really hard to build a life you love when you're doing things you hate every day, which sounds very obvious, but mm -hmm. people get really stuck on, on the treadmill of, of, you know, I think sometimes it's that we want to keep up with the Joneses or, yeah. you know, we get so locked into a path that we have that sunk cost theory problem where we go, well, I've put 50 years in already here. So why would I pivot now? It's too late for me. Or what if I fail? Or, you know, there's all those stuck points. And so I think it's really important to 
question those things every day. You know, I think it's funny you mentioned keeping up with the Joneses, and we assume the Joneses are happy. Maybe they're not happy. Maybe they're miserable. We just assume because they have a new car and a new house and a boat and a yacht and whatever the case may be. And I know about yeah. the yacht, but go with me on this. Uh, we think they're happy, but they may be completely broke. And they yeah. may be living paycheck to paycheck. So maybe totally. keeping up with the Jodens is not a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Or they might have all those things, but not be enjoying their life. Yes. You know, we can we can be on in that pursuit and get the material you know, wealth that looks like we're happy, but wherever you go, there you are. Yes. So, you know, you can be really poor and be happy, or you could be really rich and be happy. You could be really poor and be miserable. You could be really rich and be miserable. And it's, so a lot of it depends on, you know, that's why I love doing mindset work with people because all of that depends on your mindset and cre- being aligned with what you want to create and those yeah, kind of I, things. I think money is just a magnifier. Um, Absolutely. Like you, just, you just alluded to it. Uh, and there's a lot of people with a badge of honor that says I'm working 18, 20 hours a day. And I'm like, if that's you, mazel tov. For me, I know how many clients I want to work with a day because I know if I exceed that threshold, the clients toward the end of the day won't get me. And so yeah. I'm like, I went through and I mapped out and say, how many clients I want a day? How many total clients do I want? How many you know podcasts I want to do a week? And a lot of people don't, don't do this mapping. They just keep going and going and going. And I had one coach uh, actually coached me, but I had his appointments at the beginning of the day. And he says, yeah, I go from 7 a.m. to 10 o'clock, one after another, and take a half hour for lunch and a half hour for dinner. And I remember thinking to myself, I would not want to be his client at the end of the day because there's no way he's going to be just as fresh at the 7 a.m. call as he is the 9.30 p.m. call. There's no way you can convince me of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. I sometimes think it dep- it totally depends on what you love, 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 right? Like mm-hmm. some people, if they want to be that outward all the time, it might work for them. It would totally drain me too. Like that would be too much. I have my numbers that I know and the rhythms that I like and the, my morning routine that works for me. And it's going to be different for everybody. But I think that it, it depends on if you're doing that and you feel like your belief is around, I have to work hard to make money. Or it could alternatively be, if I don't work hard to make the money, I didn't really come by the in a fair way. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of interesting belief systems around money in those ways. And, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of people think they have to work really hard to make their money. Yeah. And someone like Gary Vaynerchuk, who I admire, except for his Jersey, Jersey potty mouth, brilliant guy, loves working six days a week, 18 to 30 hours a day. And but he, <laughs> but he says his big thing is, I want you to be happy. So if you yeah. want to work 40 hours a week and you want to play Fortnite all weekend long, and that makes you happy, he says he's happy. The problem he has when people are working 40 hours a week and playing Fortnite all weekend long and then complaining because they're not making more money. That's where he has a problem with it. Yeah. But I, I think we don't talk a lot about happiness. A lot of people were always striving, but we're not stopping and going, what would make me happy? What would make me happy? Because if you're not happy, then what's the point of you go, go, go. If you have no goals and you have no plan, if you're just living life. Absolutely. I love this. So Andrea just said, thanks for chiming in, Andrea. Routines truly are different for each individual. I can work hard without working 24-7 and still achieve success. I love this, right? And and it's exactly like you're talking about, happiness. So I, I talk to people, I always go, okay, we want the least amount of effort, you know, in quotes, in for the maximum reward with the most fun. This is how I coach all my clients. And it's this be, do, have model where we go, you know, I need to be aligned with joy in my day. And then I do what it takes and I get to have what I want. 
most people have it flipped. So they go, oh, I want to have success and I want to have all these things and then I'll be happy. But it doesn't work that way because wherever you go, there you are. So a lot of people will work their whole lives for this material wealth and then they get there and they're like, I'm miserable. I, you know, I'm not connected. I don't have great relationships. My health has gone to crap. <laughs> and yep. then they're like, why did I work for all of this? Mm-hmm. And so I think the happiness piece, you know, it's one thing. It, and it was a big shift for me too, because I grew up believing you got to work really hard to make your money. And so when I started to shift into more, you know, learning about mindset and manifestation and belief systems, I realized that I was operating under that. I used to say, like, my mantra used to be hell or high water, I'll make it happen. (laughs) (laughs) And what a crappy mantra, right? And it was like that, like everything felt stressful all the time. And when I started to shift and go, I shifted to the less I work, the more I make. And in that idea of work, meaning feeling like drudgery and challenge, and it's got to like, at all points in time, you know, like the cracking the whip type of thing. And now I get up in the morning, and I go, what brings me joy? What do I want to do today? What's fun for me? You know, and, and for me, like, that's part of what you were talking about at the beginning is scheduling the right amount of clients for you, right? And scheduling your flow of your day in a way that works for you. And then at the end of the day, you go to bed fulfilled, inspired, alive, and you can't wait to get up and do it again. And then every day is a vacation. And that's, yep. to me, what's a life of freedom. So when I talk about neurofreedom alignment, that's what we're working toward. I, I, I surveyed all the people I've gotten to work with. And I asked them, what do we really want in life? And the conclusion that I keep coming up with over and over again is freedom. And that's going to look different to everybody. Because yep. for some people, that's working four hours a day. And for some people, that's working 20 hours a day. You know, it's just, it's different for everybody. And, and freedom is happiness in my mind. Yeah. And Seth Godin says, create a life you don't need to escape from. Everybody yeah. goes, well, I can't wait to go on vacation because I hate my life. And like, here's an idea. Why don't you create a life you don't want to escape from? So like you said, every day is Christmas. Every day is a vacation because yeah. you love what you do. But people go, well, that's not realistic. Matter of fact, um, my wife and I go to a Bible study class and it, it's from 55 to 65. Now, my wife and I are, are the babies in the class and they don't. There's, I'm the only entrepreneur in the entire class. They're like, what are you going to do for retirement? I'm like, retirement? you're in church. Don't use that kind of language. Why would I want to retire? I love what I do. I'm not, I'm not like a, a, a welder or I'm not a mountain climber. I'm like, I love what I do. Why would I want to retire and sit in a rocking chair and watch TV? I mean, yeah. I love what I do. And they look at me like, you don't want to retire. I'm like, again, why? Yeah. I love what I'm doing now. I can't, I can't imagine getting any bigger than bigger than this and better than this other than maybe making more money or serving more people. But I love what I do. So what do you think about retired? Does anybody ever tell you, Hey, All the time. It cracks me up because I, same for me. I'm like, I would be bored out of my mind if I sat around at the beach all day. I would be miserable. And, you know, like I I enjoy it. Of course, I enjoy the funny thing for me. I go to the beach with a book. I want to read and it's a personal growth and development book or some book aligned with my business. (laughs) And it's, you know, there's a lot of stats actually to show that people who retire die a lot earlier Yep, because they're bored. We're not meant to sit around and do nothing. And sure, those people might be playing golf all day and doing all the things we talk about during retirement. But it's really, to me, if you're doing the things that you love to do, you're, you're not going to want to retire. You know, like right, I, right I want Andrew. Andrew said, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Yeah. 100%. Way to High go. fives. I agree. That's awesome. So now, let me ask you about your story because you have gone from food stamps to building a six-figure business. And I know some people, maybe not watching this, I'm sure Andrea, I know Andrea, she's probably not in this in this group, but there are people in the world that go, 
Amanda, no way. You can't go from food stamps <laughs> and having no money, having six figures, unless the first two figures are are after are on the right side of the decimal point. So you're only making four figures. That's not what you're talking about, right? You're talking no. about six <laughs> figures to the left of the decimal point. Yes, yes. So tell yes. us your story. Yeah. So for me, I, you know, I grew up as a fundamentalist Christian. So I had a lot of interesting beliefs about money. So I got a lot of downloads about money that it was potentially the root of all evil, that idea that you can't be spiritual and get, you can't get into heaven and be spiritual if you have too much money. Um, that idea that, you know, if I have too much, other people have to suffer. So a lot of poverty consciousness mm-hmm. instead of that idea that you were talking about where money's the magnifier, right? Like the more money you have, the larger impact you can make. Mm-hmm. And of course, what, whoever you already are, money's going to ha- magnify that for you. If you're a greedy jerk, you're going to turn into more of a greedy jerk. And mm-hmm. if you're an awesome person who wants to serve the world and make an impact, you're going to turn into more of that. Yep. So as I started to shift those beliefs, it really started really for me with a, with relationships downfall. And I, I left my 15 year marriage having an affair. My next relationship was falling apart. I had no relationship skills and I was on the floor crying and I realized that I'm the center of my problems. So I was on the floor crying and I was like, I can't stand this reality anymore. This sucks. You know, here I'm facing homelessness because I live in a really expensive area. I have three kids. I'm in grad school and I don't know what I'm going to do. And I go on food stamps. I moved into subsidized housing and I started listening to every podcast I could possibly listen to, which because it's free, right? Free education on the go, which is why I have a podcast, because I think it's the coolest gift you can give the world. Mm -hmm. And so I started listening to all these podcasts and I started implementing and it started to work. And then I worked my way into doing work study for a coaching program for relationships And so I was doing transcription for this guy and I was in the, in the workshop and he was talking about money and, and we were doing values and I was negatively comparing myself to all the people there thinking like they paid $5,500 to be here, you know, which to me at the time was more than a quarter of my annual income. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, it was like that, you know, I was like, these people are, are all really rich and I'm not. And I was comparing myself and I was crying in this workshop and he came over, you know, and he's like, well, where's, you know, where's wealth building on your value system? And I was like, what do you mean? You know, and we started to have that conversation. And I realized then also through getting to work with the people in the workshop that they were just people. They had problems too, mm. <laughs> just different types of problems. And so, and, and relationship problems as well, or they wouldn't have been there. So, but it was this, it, it helped me humanize rich people. And it helped me realize that wealth building is a skill that anyone can learn. So then that led me to my next mentor, which then opened this whole door of me shifting my value system toward wealth building. And then I started to read every book I could on wealth building and I started to go to workshops and then everything started to work and people started to say like, what are you doing? And I, I said, you know, like, here's some of the things. And then I it planted the seed that all the people I was following that were successful and leading lives that to me and and from what I could tell very aligned with hap- with being happy and feeling fulfilled it was coaches and I was like I want to be a coach this is awesome and so then I stepped into coaching in my first full-time year I went six figures and and I I truly believe that was because a few things one of them was that I really focused a lot on marketing I realized like I don't know crap about marketing I better learn how to market myself so that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it mixed with my my value being number one I want to build my wealth through helping people with what I know. And I'm just going to start with what I know and what, what, let what I know grow and trust that because I'm on my inspired path, things are going to work out. And it just, you know, and I took action every day. And then the more and more I've learned, the more I realized that I was shaping my brain in a very specific direction toward my success. 
And, and as I was learning to drop the beliefs that weren't supporting me, install new beliefs, train my, my RAS, my reticular activating system in a certain direction, I was attracting what I needed to attract to grow my business. And then it's just going from there. You know, now my, my ultimate goal is to impact a minimum of 5 million people through my company. And, and I think that that number, you know, as I've gone through, I'm like, oh, that's a small number. I could totally do that. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, it, it's funny because you mentioned that Um, I read the 10X rule. No, I listened to the 10X rule and a couple of times and he talks about, you know, 10X in your goals. That's what the whole concept of the book is. And when I write my goals, there's a goals there that are really I'm like, that ain't no way it's going to happen. But the whole point is if you have a ginormous goal, it's not, these are goals you can't achieve in a day or a week and a year, maybe even 10 years, maybe even a lifetime. But the bigger the goal, you, you reach for it and you're willing to do more because you brought up something that made my heart skip a beat when you talk about personal development. So many people, when they're not working, even if they have their own business, they're in front of Netflix or they're playing Fortnite. And when I found out that people like Mark Cuban and Warren Buffett and Brendan Burchard and Tony Robbins read a lot, I'm like, wow, they're very wealthy. And I look at the other people who don't read a lot and they're not making any money. I'm like, hmm, this is very interesting. So I make it a point, a minimum of one hour a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, 366 during leap years. I am reading a book and sometimes I reread books or I may look at a video or take a class. If you look at the most successful people, they prioritize personal development. And if you don't have any money, let's say you're broke, you're dead broke, you don't know how you're going to pay the rent. You can still go to the library. Libraries are still a thing. You can you can still get books online for free. There's a lot of webinars for free. So I don't want to hear excuses like, well, I don't have any money. If yeah. you truly want something, you will find a way to get that thing. So no excuses. But I think you should make personal development a priority because all you got to do is look at all the people who are doing it and how successful they are. It's, it's black and white. Hey there, it's Mark. I just wanted to hop in here real quick to invite you to check out my website, MrProductivity.com for the date of my next live training to get my top five productivity tips and so much more. It all happens over at MrProductivity.com. Yeah, uh, so valuable, Mark. I think something you said that I think is so important to point out too is like, it's, it's, you will find money for what's important to you, right? The first, one of the first workshops I went to was $2,000. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to come up with this money, but I have to be there. I know it. Mm -hmm. And I, it was, you get really resourceful when you know yep. what you want. And, and when you're committed and one of my mantras that I teach my people is decide, commit, take NFA action, right? So you mm -hmm. decide, you commit, you get into action. And that decision is, okay, let's see where we can come up with $7 for a book or $20 for yeah. a book. And yes, I, when I started, I was on food stamps. I went to the library mm -hmm. or I read books online for free. I, then I started to listen to audible and then, you know, it's like, I mean, obviously if you can see behind me, I have a ton of books. I love reading and I never <laughs> yes. stopped learning. I'm just like you, <laughs> Yeah. but it's, you can always come up. Even if you read one book a month, I've had people come to me and say, I'm so blocked in money, this, that, and the other. And I say, well, how many books have you read on wealth building? Zero. <laughs> you know, and you go, okay, I get it. I was like that too. And so start somewhere. A $20 yes. book can change your life. Yes. Yes. You know, um, spring of 2017, I heard this guy named Gary Vanderchuk say the future is voice and audio and everyone should have a podcast. And I said, huh, you know, I used to be a radio DJ back in the day. Top 40, Mark Johnson here. Uh, power hits not. Sorry. 
back, back to reality. <laughs> and so I'm like, I bet I could do my own podcast. So I went to YouTube. This is great search engine. How do you start a podcast? I found a couple of videos. I'm like, oh, okay. So I bought an $80 microphone, plugged it in my MacBook, and I just started. I didn't know what I was doing. And the first episode came out and within a couple of days I had 125 downloads. And I knew I downloaded it and I knew my wife downloaded it and my cousin downloaded it. I'm like, who are these other 122 people? And then yeah. it just grew from there. And it's like, but I just did it. I didn't say, well, I can't take a $2,000 course. I just right. Googled it. And, and I love what Tony Robbins says. It's not a question of resources. It's a question of resourcefulness. If, yeah. you, if you really want something, you will find the way. Yes. You find the way. But I think it's so easy to go. I don't have the money. Oh, what's on Netflix? And they don't even, they don't even take three seconds to think about it. They go right toward the, the streaming or they go to YouTube and they haven't even thought about it. But I think if people would just stop, turn off all the devices, get a notebook and go, okay, how can I come up with X amount of dollars and just gift yourself 30 minutes, 45 minutes and go just write down. I'm willing to bet you you'll come up with an idea. Go, Oh yeah. You know, I don't use this treadmill anymore. How much is that worth? I could sell it for a hundred bucks. Now you got a hundred bucks. There's ways to come up with the money. Matter yeah. of fact, uh, back in 2017, Gary did this, um, what do you call it? The flip challenge, the 2017 flip challenge. So my wife and I were going through our house. We were selling things that we haven't used in years and people are going, Oh my gosh, I've been looking for that. There's, Hidden stuff in your house that you haven't oh, used for yeah. ages, sell it and then start accumulating the money. I love that you said this because that first course I got into, he said, you got to pay something. And so I sold things in my house to come up with the money to put down on the course. And then the rest I did work study. So you're exact. You are absolutely right. And what it's so cool because you're highlighting to me. I talk to people about you're, you're living either you're living in three zones, right? You're either fine or you're either frustrated you're feeling really stuck, you're frustrated, you're fine, which is comfort zone living, which is like, oh, I'm going to watch Netflix instead of growing, or you're fired up. And and let's just say Netflix is bad. Take a break every once in a while. Sure. But you know, like a fired up life is someone who's resourceful. A fired up life is someone who goes, I want that so bad. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get there. And every single day, I will take consistent action toward that goal and know that it's not going to happen overnight. It doesn't happen overnight. You know, when people go like, oh, you went from food stamps to six figures, that took three years of hardcore (laughs) focus. I mean, I read every second I could get extra, every second I was listening to podcasts. I mean, I ate, slept, dreamt, talked to everyone, did everything I could to learn everything I could about like, how do I shift my mindset? I don't want to feel stuck anymore. I mean, I dedicated my life to that because it was hard to watch my kids suffering. It was, it was a hard position to be in and I was tired of being stuck. So you're pointing out, you know, you've really got to make the decision and be uncomfortable enough, you know, because comfort zone is a curse. I think I call it the curse of the comfort zone. You know, it's like you can get stuck in the curse of the comfort zone for your entire life and kind of live just a fine life. And fine is fine, but fine is not fired up. And I want to live a fired up life. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I the people who are just they just they're just settling. There was a commercial a couple of years ago from DirecTV says, Are you settling? You know, stop settling. And there are so many people settling. They got the job, they get 2.5 weeks vacation a year, they get health benefits, and they have seniority, so they're not gonna lose their job. And now at the point they're just coasting. They don't they're not trying to take any courses, they don't read any books. And I'm like, that that would like drive me insane. I want to take risk. I'm like you know, when you're an entrepreneur, let's face it, entrepreneur is a risk because unlike opening a new Walmart, just because you hang out your shingles or coats, people don't line up at your door. I found this the hard way back in 2005 when I lost my job at uh, my local hospital here. I was not a surgeon. I was just inventory control coordinator. But I hung my shingle out. I'm like, okay, here comes the money. Nothing. 
Uh, yeah, I had to work to get the people in. They didn't just show up like at a Walmart, but people don't want to do the work. They, they, they get in their comfort zone. Like, okay, the water's the perfect temperature. Uh, I may have a messy diaper, but it's my messy diaper. So it's okay. And, <laughs> but you're never going to, you're never going to achieve all that you were put, put here to be. And I, uh, just, we're 2020. Yeah. Early this year, I took Marie Forleo's B school, right? And, you know, I'm like, that's a lot of money. It's like two grand. But yeah. again, there's resources and there's resourcefulness. How bad did I want it? And I really wanted it. So I came up with the money. Okay. So I don't care if it's a $20 book. I don't care if it's a, a, a you know, $100 webinar. I don't care what it is. If you really want it, I guarantee you there's something in your house you can sell. Maybe you can babysit. You can dog walk. There's ways to come up with the money. But yeah. for you to go, uh, I don't have the money in my bank account. Yeah. Today, right now, you may not have the money in your bank account, but if you, I don't know, did some work, maybe you would. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, I, I, I'm with you. <laughs> I totally agree there. And I, it's interesting because, you know, those people, it, I, I did, I, my dissertation research was with incarcerated men. And they had spent on average 18 years incarcerated and they were right at this beginning phase of going into a rehabilitation program. And something I was really interested in was understanding because they had to work really hard to get into this program. They were gang involved. I mean, they had like a life history of a lot of trauma and a lot of marginalization and just challenge and like, you know, movie level violence. And when I got to interview them, I, I, one thing I kept asking, I wanted to get that at that point of like, what is it that makes you ready to change? You know, and really it's like, it's that it's I'm in enough discomfort that I go, I don't want this life anymore. And you yeah. actually make a decision in a new direction and you realize I'm ready to change and I'm willing to do the work. So exactly what you're talking about. Like, are you willing to do the work to have the life that you say you want? We can look at all the people who are successful in the world and success leaves clues. So there's mm -hmm. a path. Yep. It's a real it's actually a very simple path. Yes. It's not easy, though. You got to do work. <laughs> no. Nope. And you said something really interesting earlier. I want to make sure people didn't miss it. You said you take action daily. OK, you didn't take action Monday through Friday. You didn't take action the days you felt like it. I take action every day, too. And I, I tell people I'm a big planner. OK, so I plan every day and people go, yeah, Monday through Friday. No, I plan seven days a week. And they're like, on Christmas, I said, yeah, my day is to spend the day with my family. But I spend time like, OK. What am I going to do intentionally today? Okay, I'm just going to veg out and watch TV all day. Or on Sundays is football days for me, okay? But I don't just watch football. I sit there and go, what am I going to do today? I'm going to work until noon and then watch football until six. But I'm intentional about it. So yeah. you can be intentional to go hang out with your friends for seven hours. But at least I want people to make the conscious choice. I am going to a party tonight for six hours. Just you being intentional about it. Now you can say, look, at, I made the decision to go play, uh, hang out with my friends for six hours. I made that decision. I'm going to own it. But a lot of people, that's being proactive, a lot mm -hmm. of people are reactive. Someone calls up, dude, you want a party? You go off to the party. You have no plan. You're just going from here to there. And that's what gets you problem because that carries over to your professional life. That carries over to personal development life. Yeah. Totally. I, I talk about it like a plan is a habit, right? So my podcast is Max Potential Habits. And I talk about it as plans where either you align your day with Max Potential Habits or your day gets drained with chaotic, your, your day gets disorganized through chaotic draining distractions. Mm -hmm. And if you're not planned, all kinds of stuff. Have you ever noticed when you don't have a plan, everything comes in to distract you? When you have a plan, you're on track and you just go, here's my plan. I'm taking steps in this direction, in this direction. And then you get there. But it's I like what you're saying, too. I talk to people a lot because a lot of people who are high achievers 
who have set really, you know, the 10 next type of goals have a hard time taking breaks. And I think that that's important. And so I like that you said to be intentional. I tell everyone, be intentional about it so that you're reminding yourself that this is a reward for you for all that work you're putting in. And then it sets up a neural associative positive reinforcement cycle in your brain where you go, oh, I put in the work, I do these things, I hang out with my friends and I put in the work and I do these things and then I get results from my... So even when you have money come in from your business, you know, I I do a money dance. So it's like I'd have a money dance and I'm like, yes, like awesome. (laughs) And so it just creates this positive reinforcement loop all the time. So when you're intentional about it, even for me, when I go to watch a YouTube movie, I'll be like, this is my reward for putting in a a powerhouse week, you know? And then I'm intentional instead of just kind of unplugging in this way where my brain just is like, Oh, you're overloaded. You have to take a break. It's like, Oh, this is my reward. Let's do the fun times and relax in this way. You know, (laughs) I love that. And I love how you talked a lot about money because I I'm an only child and I grew up. And to this day, my mom, my dad is 79. My mom's 76. He is late onset Alzheimer's. So she's like a three-year-old and a 76-year-old body. I don't know anything about their finances. My parents never shared that with me. So I always had this really, really negative connotation. You know, the bills got paid. The mortgage got paid. We went on vacation. But I never knew if we had money or not. I mean, yeah. I really didn't. Yeah. Now, today, I love money. And I remember one time uh, I got a client gave me $300 something like that. I got really excited. And people go, it's only $300. Like, I don't care if it's $3. I earn money. And I think if people just go, oh, I only celebrate the big money. No. If I find a dollar bill on the, on the, on the ground, I get excited. It's money. I don't care how yeah. much money it is. I celebrate every victory, big or small, every money. But no, I have a million dollars. But if I find a dollar, hey. It's a dollar more, one more dollar I didn't have before, and I found it. And I yeah. think people got to develop a healthy habit of money. I like what Dave Ramsey says. I went through his financial peace class a couple times with my wife. Money is just an inanimate object, okay? Money can be used to buy drugs and poison elementary school kids. Money can be used to build a hospital. So money is not necessarily bad. And that's what you mentioned, your, your fundamental Christian upbringing. You know, I'm a Christian. But the love of money, when you're obsessed with money, and you just want more and more and more, that's a problem. But yeah. money can do a lot of good in this world. And when people go, oh, you shouldn't be rich. Like I, I, I tell people I want to be rich. Like why? I'm like, think how many people can help. What do you mean why? I mean, how many people can you help if you're broke? If you make a lot of money, yeah. you can help a lot of people. Like yeah. when we had Hurricane Harvey um, in uh, 2017, Grant Cardone loaded up his private plane and sent all the stuff over here to Houston. You can't do that if you have no money. Yeah. Well, and and when you have no money, all you do is think about money. Yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, I know because I've been there. It's like all you do every second is worry about money when you have no money. It's a hard place to be. And it's, it's, yes, I love it. And I love the, I was reading, oh man. I'm going to forget the author, but I was reading a book. A guy was talking about finding a penny on the ground and his rule and he's mega wealthy, but his rule was like, you never pass up money, you know, like you never pass up money. I don't care if it's a penny. And so he saw the penny and he was chasing the penny and he was in these white, like a white tux and he got totally muddy chasing this penny because he, it was so against his philosophy to leave the money on the ground. (laughs) And it was so cool to hear because it's so true. It's like, Money, if you want to be a money magnet, you got to love money. Yeah. If you want to repel money, 
then don't like money, be afraid of money, have negative beliefs about money, think that it's a bad thing, then you're going to repel it, you know, so if you want to be a money magnet, which so I do the money dance, and I'm, I say I'm a money magnet, everything I touch, tur- <laughs> touch turns to gold. And it's just like a fun reinforcement in my brain. And it's yeah, exactly. Even if someone buys me a cup of coffee, or takes me out to dinner unexpectedly, like we go and they pay, I'm like, I'm a money magnet. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, because I can tell uh, you're a very positive, energetic person as I am, as am I. And I, when I see people, I think you're old enough to remember Winnie the Pooh, right? I'm not dating oh, myself yeah. yet. Yeah, so yeah. there are the Eeyores out in the world. You know, the Eeyores. Totally. Oh, and yeah. I'm a Tigger. I am so a Tigger yeah. and I don't <laughs> care. I would be a Tigger if I was broke or a gazillionaire. Okay. I yeah. love life. And I going back, we said earlier, wake up every morning, excited for the day. But I know people who are really wealthy and they're Eeyores. I'm like, yeah. Okay. So money, this goes to show you money's just a magnifier. If you're a miserable jerk, it yeah. doesn't matter how much money you have. So period. true. <laughs> yeah. Well, this has been an incredible conversation. I wanted to tell everybody about your website, bizmindsetquiz.com. Now I will tell you that the NFA doesn't really always stand for freedom. It uses another word. We're not going to stay on the show. Yeah, so yeah. when you go to this website, it does have the other word. Uh, so if you're offended by that, we're just letting you know. But yeah. uh, I've been trying to chase Dr. Amanda down for eons. And I finally nabbed her in my net and got her on on LinkedIn Live here because she's an awesome, awesome gal. So what are we going to find out when we go to this uh, businessmindsetquiz.com? This one's super fun. So you go there and you take a really short quiz to discover the top, my, I call it mindset villains. So like, you know, we were talking about competing commitments where you say mm-hmm. one thing and do another, and it's because you have unconscious blocks holding you back. So when you go there, you discover which one is your top one. So things like procrastination, worry and fear, imposter syndrome, perfectionism, uh, uh, Oh, uh, 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 did I say procrastination? Yeah, it's yes. funny. Yes. So you'll discover which one is holding you back the most. Most people have all of these at different points in time. And so I give you a, a report to help you learn and understand what is holding you back. Because, you know, with all the different types of entrepreneurs I've gotten to work with, I've done a lot of surveys to understand how many hours a day people spend on these things like procrastination, worry, and fear. So when I ask people, what, how many hours a day do you spend on worry and procrastination and fear? And they say up to 95% of their day, like a lot, a lot, a lot. And so these mindset blocks keep us from getting where we want to go and they're unnecessary, but you've got to learn the tricks to shift out. So that's the mindset quiz will lead you to answers. Wow. That that's interesting. You know, when I became a productivity coach, I did not know I was part therapist and (laughs) I get people going, yeah, I'm really stressed out about my Facebook ads. I'm like, uh, I don't know how to do Facebook ads. Okay. Um, this is, I'm a productivity coach. You know that. Well, I just want to talk about it. I'm like, can help you. That's not, I, I go get help for that. So, uh, but I'm part therapist. Oh, my dog died. I'm like, oh, okay. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting. So go check out bizmindsetquiz.com. And after you do that, hop on over to mrproductivity.com. You can get my top five productivity tips. Find out about the Mark Stuchowski podcast, which I think I released episode 624 today or something like crazy wow. like that. And, um, and also I have a brand new coaching program that was requested. It's called my digital productivity coaching program. It's all on your phone. Who doesn't take their phone with them, right? So it's all done in your phone. Now it's priced really affordably. You don't get access to me, but it's still a great program. All that's at mrproductivity.com. So uh, I want to thank you, Dr. Amanda, for being on the show. Uh, Andrea, I know, Andrea, thank you for your support today. Really appreciate you showing up on live and for contributing, 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 whatever it is, 
you know what I meant. Uh, I really appreciate you, Amanda. You are a rock star. And thank you so much for being on LinkedIn Live with us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me here. And just before we go, don't forget to register for my October 16th training, The Power and How of Routines. You can either click the link here in the show notes from this podcast episode, or you can click the banner of my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.